Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Good evening, everybody. How are we doing today? Okay, I, I hope you're doing okay. I think I heard everybody say okay. Say okay from before. Hi, my name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. And I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We are 35 strong up and down the state, which means if you, have a par- if you think you have a paranormal issue going on in your home or business, we can get to you from anywhere in the state. And we don't charge. That's right. We don't charge. We're here to help. We're here to help and educate. You know, we don't, we're not one of these teams that goes out looking for a ghost. Okay. We're a team that goes out looking for logical explanations. Then we look for a ghost if we can't find any. So we're full service psychics, about everything, all professionals. Anyway, that said, if you're watching from YouTube, please subscribe. There's a little dude down there in the corner that uh, it's a ghost with a magnifying glass and a Sherlock Holmes hat on. Click on that. We've got yeah, we've got more than 200 videos over there, and all varying topics. And I think there's a little there's a little something for everybody over there. So please, please, please subscribe. If you're watching from Facebook, please, please, please follow. We're looking for followers and Twitch. Please, please, please follow, and wherever else you might be watching from, because we go out to several places live at once. So I lose track. It's rough when you get old, you get senile. Anyway, I've got a really cool guest on tonight, and, uh, you know, anybody that's watched the story of Annabelle, or even Robert the doll, it's, it's scary stuff, you know? Well, there's, a, there's another doll out there. His name is Harold the Haunted Doll, and he's just as scary, if not more, than the, than the other two. And I have the gentleman on here who uh, purchased him. So we're going to be talking to him in a minute, you know? You know, I've always been leery about flea markets. Anyway, my, when I was seven years old, my father bought me this really cool Winnie the Pooh bear. And it was a good size one, you know. And over the years, it's hard to get them in that size. And, you know, I've, I used to take it on vacation with me and I used to do all that stuff. He went everywhere with me. Then his eyes fell out. Stuff, his, his little shirt started to tear off. And uh, so, you know, this, this is like when I'm already I'm in my 20s. And uh, so I happened to be at a flea market one day. And I saw this Winnie the Pooh, same size as the one I had, or I have. So, of course, I bought it. But that's before I got into, <laughs> into this paranormal gig, you know. Had I known what I know now, I probably wouldn't have bought the Winnie the Pooh doll, you know. But, I mean, at least I lucked out in that nothing ever happened in connection with it. But like I said, had I known the stuff that I know now, I, I, I would have avoided it like the plague. Anyway, I'm looking forward to interviewing my guest. And he should be ready in a second here. And uh, if anybody has any questions, be feel free in the chat room to ask away today. That's what we're here for. Because we don't get guests like this on every day with, with haunted dolls. And I even have a photo that I'm going to be running of Harold. 
so you guys can see what he looks like. But I'm really excited. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it could happen to anybody. You could, you know, people that collect in, you know, we just had Anna Maria Manolo on talking about, you know, the haunted antique, an, antiques, right? It happened to me with, 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 with Greek and Roman antiques. It could happen to anybody who buys who buys old dolls or, 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 or furniture or, or, you know, and antiquities or anything like that. So it's going to be great tonight. So let me bring him on. Hello. Hi, Charlotte. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Good to be here with you. I'm really excited about this. <laughs> cool. I have heard about Harold, you know, Harold is, Harold is, is well known. He actually is. I mean, surprisingly so. When he was first listed on eBay, he had over a million views to um, his, you know, his eBay listing. By the right. time I saw him, I think it was close to a million five hundred view, five hundred thousand views. And since I've had him, I've heard from people <clears throat> from countries I didn't even know existed. But so. Well, you know, what makes you wonder, and I see these things on eBay all the time, you know, these haunted dolls, these haunted objects, mm -hmm. you know, and I can understand someone like you buying one because of your abilities. I get it. But I don't understand, like, uh, like I have a friend who's going to remain nameless who likes to buy haunted dolls, too. Mm. And then she'll, and then I'll, then once in a while, I'll get an email that something bad's happening at the house. And, I, and my first thought is, well, you bought the doll, you know? <laughs> yeah, I hear what you. Did you think, what, you know, what the heck did you think was going to happen after you bought the haunted doll, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I just wonder the, the kind of, like the people that buy the, you know, that, that, that Dybbuk box, too. I mean, who the heck, <laughs> you know, that thing keeps moving from person to person to person to person. And I just don't get people that, that, that continually will buy this. I don't know if it's like the same thing like with these ghost hunters that go out for the thrill. You know, to ghost hunt. Oh, I've got mm -hmm. a haunted object. Woohoo, right? So what was the whole thing with, with you buying it? Well, originally I bought it. I had it my own ghost hunting team. And I saw something on the internet where a woman said, can someone help me with this? And then she told a story about how she, she was a registered nurse in a psychiatric ward of a major hospital in California. And one night, it was Halloween night, she actually, everybody was dressed up in a costume, but they could not wear a mask. And so she was taking pictures of them. And a CNA was going by and she said, would you mind taking a picture of us? So the girl stopped, took a couple, three pictures and handed the camera back to her. And she was going through the pictures. And in the very last picture, she saw what literally looked like somebody from the creature from the Black Lagoon. He had some kind of face mask on. There was no sclera. There was no whites in his eyes. It was completely black. And I, you know, said something to her uh, because I thought, it, you know, that somebody had photobombed the picture. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, no, because what you think is a hallway is actually an office. And I was living in Denver at the time. And I said, if I came out, could I talk to you and your staff? And she said, sure. And, you know, as long as I was discreet, because she was literally on the verge of being fired because she created such an uproar over this picture. Huh. And 
Uh, one of the guys, ironically enough, his name was Tony. He said to me, do you think it had something to do with the medallion I was wearing? Because he was dressed up as uh, Dracula and he was wearing an antique uh, medallion. And I said, you know, I never thought about that. I've actually heard of objects being haunted. You know, what a great, I, you know, what a great theory. So I got in touch or he got in touch with the woman uh, he was borrowing the the object from and she agreed to sell it to me for a hundred bucks. So I flew back to Denver and was telling my team about it. And somebody mentioned eBay having haunted objects. And I was stunned. I mean, I had been doing it for a lot of years at that point, but and I'd bought collectible coins and, you know, things like that, sports right. cards. Never thought that they'd have haunted objects. So I went on and immediately my BS meter went off. I was like, oh, this is a load. And the idea came to my head. I think I'll write a book because I had always wanted to be an author at that time. I've written several books since. And my idea was I was going to call it Haunted eBay. Are you going to believe me or your lying eyes? And so I went through buying, you know, just like I bought a portrait. I bought um, a uh, music box, just all kinds of different things. Each one was going to have its own little chapter. And I'd already bought it all. Right. And one day... I thought, okay, I'm done because I had spent so much money on this stuff. Um, I bought a haunted mirror that literally had a um, newspaper article announcing that President Lincoln had been assassinated the night before. That's, you know, the kind of things I had. So anyway, like I said, I decided I was going to stop and something told me to get back on. And I got back on just in time to see the Dybbuk box owned by that eventually became owned by Jason Haxton. And I placed a bid and nothing happened. And then, you know, it said, you know, you've lost kind of thing. And I mentioned that to Jason. He said it happened to a lot of people. And after he bid. Anyway, um, I just, you know, kept going. And this wasn't the same day, but I saw a listing for Harold the Doll. And at that point, it was it was being um, auctioned off by the second owner of the doll, and a woman named Kathy, and she explained that she had bought it because the doll was so ugly and she wanted to restore it, and she had somebody who would teach her how to restore it. She bought it, and it had been a year later. Uh, she just you know her husband or her fiance, who's her husband now, insisted that she get rid of the doll because so many things were supposedly happening in their home. So anyway, I saw the listing for the doll and I immediately laughed out loud because I thought this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen as far as, as far as the listing goes. And so you mentioned that it had been purchased at a yard sale or a garage. Um, I'm our flea market in Webster, Florida. And that's, you know, the story that was told by the original owner. And in my book um, that I wrote after everything went down, I interviewed him and he actually found it in New York when he moved in with his brother and his brother would go shopping at the various, you know, um, thrift store places and he found the doll 
And he thought, well, I might be able to get like seven, eight bucks for it. But if I put a real scary story on it, I might be able to get $40 for it. And he eventually sold it to Kathy for $495. Whoa. So anyway, that's where I entered the picture. Like I said, Kathy had had the doll up for sale. And I looked at the original listing by uh, Mishka and the, you know, listing by Kathy and looking at Mishka's listing, I, I couldn't help it. I honestly laughed out loud and thought, like I said, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen, but she had a reserve on it. And I don't care when it came to auctions, I had this weird thing. It could have been hooker heels and negligee, you know, and a tiara, if you put a reserve on it, I'm going to bid on it just because I want to see, you know, what the reserve was. Then the reserve is the least amount of money that somebody will accept before the auction gets, you know, fully activated. So I put in $300 thinking, you know, maybe go for 40 bucks, but, you know, might generate enough interest that make it worthwhile for Kathy, even though I didn't know her. And as soon as I, you know, placed a bid, I got an email literally within moments from Kathy saying, you know, why do you want this doll? And I wrote her back and I said, honestly, I don't. I was just interested in seeing what the reserve was. And it came up to be 490 or 390. I'm sorry, $295, $295. And I said, I was just interested in seeing what the reserve was. As soon as someone outbids me, I'm out of here. And she said, okay. And then uh, she said, by the way, I don't believe the doll is haunted. I do believe it's cursed. Well, that caught my interest. So I said, what do you mean? And she's telling me the story. While she's telling me the story, some guy named Strange Magic, I'm, I've all this time assumed it was a man, just because of the tone of his emails to me. He outbid me like, like five bucks. I think he bid $300. And he said, don't bother bidding anymore. I'll just outbid you. This doll is mine. Now, I had a huge, huge testosterone problem at the time. And I thought, yeah, well, this doll may be yours, but it's going to cost you, pal. And I figured, you know, I'd just keep outbidding them and then just eventually at the end dump it on them. And we did. We just kept outbidding each other. And anyway, about four minutes into it, he bid like 200, I'm sorry, $710, I think it was. And I think I put in a bid of, well, I actually did a proxy bid where I bid a heck of a lot more. So if he kept outbidding me, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. he'd, he'd end up, you know, buying it for, for a lot of money. And I think my next bid was $720. And I thought, well, that ought to take care of it. You know, and I walked away. I heard a ding. I came back and it said, congratulations, you won. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy knew I didn't want the doll. And she said, you know, I'll tell you what, you know, just don't pay me for it. And I'll just file a, you know, non-payment. I can't remember what it's called anymore. And um, I said, no, a deal's a deal. You know, I'll send you the money. You send me the doll. And she said, I'll tell you what, if you send the money, I'll wait two weeks. And then you'll let me, let me know if you really want the doll. And I sent her the money and then. Two weeks later, I said, I'm waiting for the doll. And then she brought it to the post office, watched them put the package in the bin or whatever, started to drive away. And within minutes of driving away, heard that the entire postal service of Ireland shut down, went on strike. 
<laughs> and she was convinced that, you know, it was because of the doll. Mm-hmm. Anyway, long story short, a couple of weeks later, I was standing at my front door when my mailman pulled up in his little, you know, mailman um, station wagon. He jumps out. He says, hey, Anthony, I've got a monster for you today. And I was like, really? Because I was getting packages. It was like Christmas every day. And I didn't even think about Harold when he said, I have a monster for you. I went down to help him lo- unload this monster. And there's this little box. And it had an Ireland address. And I thought, Harold must be here. And, you know, I mean, from that point on, I was completely skeptical. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, the damn thing literally changed my life. I didn't believe, for example, I didn't believe in demons. Okay. And when people were interviewing me about the doll, they'd say, do you believe, do you think there's a demon? And I would always flatly state, I don't believe in demons which is why I never brought it to Ed and Lorraine Warren, even though I was in constant contact with Lorraine. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to see it. And I thought, Ed and Lorraine see demons behind every rock. You know, <laughs> they'll find a demon here, want to put it in their, you know, museum. And that'd be the last to ever see of it. But um, like I said, it changed my life. It really did. Now, you know, I'll be happy to share some of those stories with you. Yes, please do. I'm here to hear them. <laughs> well, <laughs> Let me just start by saying as soon as I got the uh, as soon as I got the package, I opened it up, looked at the doll, and thought, I just spent $720 on the ugliest doll I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and at that time, I thought, um, you know, I was gonna run the test I've been running on the other on the other objects. I had a friend named April who was a gifted uh, psychometrist, she could hold an object tell you the history of the object. And uh, so I called her and asked her if she would meet with me, but I didn't tell her about Harold. And I gave her several items, and she, you know, she is honestly spot on about the items, telling me the same thing that the people I bought the um, items from. Then when I pulled out Harold, she says, oh, you have Harold. And I said, you know about Harold? And she said, yeah, it's all over the internet. And, you know, I almost put it away thinking because I wanted somebody to look at it who had no clue as to any of the stories about Harold. Uh-huh. And I said, you know, you still wanting to do a reading? She said, sure. So I pulled out holy water, pulled out a crucifix, started sprinkling the doll with holy water. And she started laughing, saying, really, you're sprinkling the doll with holy water? And I said, well, if you've heard the stories I've heard, better safe than sorry. So she started to do the reading, and I was recording it with the digital recorder. And within, uh, I don't know, 90 seconds or so, it was really quick. She said, Anthony, I can't do this anymore. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, I have a heart condition, and it's, the doll is squeezing my heart, and it's just threatened to kill me. Now, honestly, I've known this woman for about eight years, and I'm thinking, I never heard of you had a heart condition before, and I always knew her to be, you know, a bit of a drama queen, right? Right. So I took the doll, put it back in the bag, took it home, and was going about my business. I remembered that I had made a recording of the doll to see if I could pick up any EVPs, which was standard with me. Mm -hmm. And I started listening, and, you know, you hear giggling saying, you know, you're spraying the doll with holy water. 
And, you know, I said, yeah, well, better safe than sorry. And all of a sudden you hear this loud roar, almost like a lion roaring. And then I heard a very clear voice, male, saying, shut up, you bitch. And then she started to do um, her reading. And initially, and this is very important, she said, I get the feeling this either belonged to an abused child or a child abuser. And then, you know, I heard the EVP threaten her again. And then all of a sudden it said, I'm going to kill you, you bitch. And then she, that's when she handed the doll wow. back to me. And, of course, I was floored, all right? And I um, was um, working on a book at, the, at that time, and I was in this coffee shop in this bookstore in Denver called The Tattered Cover. And one of the baristas said, what are you up to? And I told her, you know, I got this ugly doll, supposedly haunted. And she's like, well, bring it by later on. You know, I'd like to take a look at it. So I brought it by a little bit later. And she had like seven, six or seven friends. We all gathered around it. The moment I brought that doll out, all these crystals came flying out. And, you know, and I thought she must have told him about the doll. Well, later on, they were like, no, she didn't say anything. Just that, you know, you had an interesting doll. And I was playing again the recording. And you could hear in the background all this cussing and screaming and, you know, almost like it was in pain. And this loud humming sound above, the hum, above you know, the cursing. And for a long time, I kept thinking, you know, what is that? And it hit me. It was the crystals. And I said, you know, why would you guys bring the crystals out? And one guy, the only guy there said, I don't know about anybody else here, but the moment you brought that thing out, I feared for my life. So a little bit later, I was trying to find somebody to do a tarot card reading. And I took it to um, a psychic fair that's held twice a year in, in Colorado. And I would show everybody the doll, you know, and they would all decline. So I decided, well, I'll just buy my own tarot card and, you know, start reading up on it. So I had, you know, the doll on the dining room table. I was, you know, reading through a book and trying to make sense out of, you know, what I was seeing. And it, one of the things I did say was that someday I would write a book about the doll. And anyway, I got, a, I got a phone call from a friend of mine named Renee. And it was about 1130 in the morning. And she said, what are you up to? And I said, why? What did you have in mind? She said, I thought we'd go have lunch. I said, great. When will you be by? She said, oh, just a few minutes. Well, by the time we got off the phone, I was so exhausted because that was something I noticed. If I spent too much time around the doll, I would literally be wiped out. So I got up, without thinking about it, went lay down. And it was, I, you know, all of a sudden heard a woman, Renee, screaming her head off. You know, Anthony, where are you? I came flying out of my bedroom. She's plastered up against the wall next to the front door. And I said, are you okay? And she points at the dining room table, which was in another room. She said, is that Harold? And I said, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I forgot to put it away. I put it away, and I came back out. And I said, what's wrong? She said, as soon as I pulled up to your house, I felt like I was in danger. I came, knocked on your door. You didn't answer it at my house at that time, you know. 
anybody could have let themselves in because I never locked the door. So she let herself in. She was looking around, calling for me. Saw the doll, as she put it, saying, sitting there looking as though it was saying, well, the, you know, the peas were good. Do you have any carrots or something like that? She immediately felt fear for her, for her um, children, started to run out the door, and she said it was as though somebody pushed her back, you know, which is when she ended up against the, the wall and started screaming. And, um, you know, just, you know, went from there. I mean, people were constantly telling me that, you know, they would look at the doll and get sick. So a year later after I'd gotten it, which was in 2003, 2004, somebody said, well, if it's been hurting all these people, why doesn't it hurt you? And I said, well, because I have like a gallon of holy water and it knows better. That night, I was you know, playing on my Xbox, stood up and collapsed to the floor and couldn't stand up. I literally had to get to my bed by using the chair I was sitting in. It was almost like a makeshift um, wheelchair. Mm -hmm. And I went to see my sports physician and I told him that ever since that had happened, and I said to him, I need you to check, I need an MRI. And he said, why? And I said, my MDL's torn. Charlotte, my right hand to God, I had never said the words MDL in a sentence in my life. I had no idea what an MDL was, okay? And I said, besides, every time I go for a walk, I always, you know, collapse to the ground. And once a month, I would go in and see him, insisting on getting an MRI. And for after the fourth or fifth month, he said, look, Anthony, if you torn your MDL like you're claiming, you wouldn't be able to go for a walk without falling on the ground. I said, did you miss that four months ago? So, you know, he reluctantly scheduled an, M an MRI. And about a week later, or however long it was, he called me and he said, look, I just got off the phone with an orthopedic surgeon. He's canceling his vacation uh, in order to see you. You need to call him straight away. So I went in and saw the orthopedic surgeon. He literally scheduled the um, operation for the next day because my MDL was almost completely destroyed. Wow. And, and um, after that, I put the doll away in storage for eight years because I figured out of sight, out of mind, people didn't know about it. And my genuine concern, or I ideally I thought everybody would forget about the doll. Nobody, you know, would even mm -hmm. remember it existed. And every once in a while I would see something on whatever, some chat site saying, has anybody heard what happened to Harold? You know, is right. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, I guess that didn't work. But I was in Erie, Pennsylvania. And a friend of mine on Facebook sent me a picture of a doll she saw at a flea market that day. And she said, I think, you know, it reminds me of Harold. So immediately... Everybody starts saying, you know, who's Harold? Who's Harold? And I really didn't want to say it. I kept saying, yeah, I'd really rather not say it. And they're like, no, come on, who's Harold? So I said, well, it's a doll that I acquired back in 2003. And at this point, it was like 2013, I think. And I said, supposedly haunted. And, and um, you know, but I don't know. Okay. I'm just naturally skeptical. I really don't know despite all the things I had seen, which I've left a lot out. In fact, um, I wrote about them in my book. 
Don't, um, didn't you mention that um, his eyes will change color or they seem to yes. change color? Yes. I'll talk about that in just a minute. Okay. Okay. See, I read your book. See, I'm on it. <laughs> nice. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I put a picture of Harold up. Uh, I think it was almost this picture right here. This picture was actually taken for the cover of the book. But it looks similar to that picture. And I put that picture up, and literally within moments, people started complaining. My back, you know, I looked at the picture. My back hurt. My stomach hurts. You know, I have an upset stomach. My throat hurts. And, um, you know, I was thinking, oh, that was a mistake. And I didn't know. You know, maybe they just thought, you know, created it in their own mind. And then the next morning, somebody direct messaged me saying, you should have put a warning up about that doll. And I said, what do you mean? She said, well, last night, and she told me she lived alone mm -hmm. in a cabin or something. She said, that night I woke up and I knew Harold was looking through the kitchen window straight at me. I said, did you turn around and look? She said, hell no. I was terrified. And she said she lay there for, I think, 10 minutes. Got up, saged the house, poured salt around, you know, the thing before she could finally get to sleep. And then, you know, she um, blocked me. So I get this idea, well, maybe, you know, I need to do more investigations on the doll. Mm -hmm. And all I was, I was the only one investigating the doll. Okay. And so I was in Erie, Pennsylvania, and I went back to Denver, pulled the doll out of storage. And actually, I hadn't pulled the doll out of storage. Now I think about it. I was planning on it when the same friend who, told, who sent the picture of the doll said, there's a video on YouTube about your doll. And then she sent me the link. And I looked and I was so disappointed because it's just like she took all the information from the original listing. And, you know, and so I wrote to her and I said, by the way, you know, with all due respect, what you wrote is wrong. Um, and but th there is something going on with the doll. And she said, well, how do you know? And I said, because I own the damn thing. <laughs> and she said, can you prove it? And I said, yeah. And in the conversation, somebody wrote you don't own the doll. I saw it here in London, England, right? I don't know what he saw, but, you know, I had the doll in Denver. So I had gone to a service station to buy USA Today because they always printed the, the date of the, of the newspaper in big letters. And a friend of mine called me and she said, what are you up to? And I said, well, I'm going to go pull the doll out of storage to prove to this young lady who made a video about it that I own the doll. And I said, honestly, I'm thinking perhaps making a video of my own just to set the record straight. She's like, oh, that's a good idea. So we talked about it. And then I went over to the storage unit and I thought, well, I'm going to get a new lock. I don't know why I decided to do that. But while there was a Walmart around the corner. So I went into the Walmart and I heard a male voice saying she'd better um, she'd better stay away from me. And I was like, you know, what was that about? Right. So I went, got the doll out, took a picture, sent it to the young lady with um, the USA Today. And was uh, then I went across the street. I was staying in a hotel at the time. And I went across the street to a Starbucks. 
when I remembered Harry, she'd better stay away from me. So I went back to my hotel room, grabbed my cell phone, called my friend, and she answered the phone, and you know, I could tell something was wrong. Mm -hmm. I said, are you okay? She says, no, I'm, I'm shaking, I'm weak. One moment I have a fever, the other, next moment I have chills. I said, how long has this been going on for? She said, since we hung up the phone earlier today. So I grabbed some holy water, started sprinkling the doll with it, and said, don't you ever attack any friend ever again, you know. And um, a few moments later, I heard, okay, she's okay now. So I called her back, and she sounded right as rain. And I said, well, you're, you sound like you're feeling better. She said, I am. And I said, when did you start feeling better? She said, almost as soon as we hung up. So that's when I started thinking, maybe there is something to this. Mm -hmm. um, then, in fact, you know, my book literally is filled with all kinds of stories like that. And I think it was like oh, yeah. 23, 24 pages of evidence. But after that, I was talking to a friend of mine in um, Long Island. And I'm in Denver, okay? And she brought up Harold. And she started making fun of Harold. She said, you know what you ought to do? You ought to contact Estrega and find out what they think about it. And I said, let me guess. You know Estrega? She said, yeah, my grandmother. I said, isn't your grandmother dead? She goes, yeah, but you can find Estrega. And I said, okay, well, you know, in all honesty, I really think, you know, you need to drop the, the you know, the subject. Mm -hmm. She's like, why? What's he going to do to me? You're in Denver. I'm in Long Island. You know, how the hell is he going to hurt me? Right. So I was just I started literally saying, you know, I started referring to her as uh, she who shall not be named. And it's like, Harold, I'm not the one making fun of you. It's she who shall not be named. And she's laughing. And that night I was doing a seminar. And not about Harold, but and it was a couple of hours before I get uh, a DM. And she said, Anthony, what's going on in my house? And I wrote back, I have no idea what's going on in your house. She said, things are flying off the shelves. I have a 155-pound bull mastiff. He just ran in. He heard a crash. He ran into the kitchen, yelped as though somebody were killing him. And now he's under my feet, shivering with his tail between his legs. Mm. And I said, I, I tried to warn you. Yeah, I don't know what you want me to do. I tried to warn you. She said, how long is this going to last? I said, it might be minutes. It might be days. You know, and it, it, it'll last until, you know, he calms down. Now, I don't, I didn't know who the hell he was, to be honest with you. I mean, Harold was not his name. I do know his real name now. He actually lived, he was born in the 1800s, late 1800s, and died during World War II. Huh. And I actually have his address when, you know, and his wife's name and the whole nine yards. But at that moment, I had no idea who the heck he was. And then the next morning, she um, wrote me in a, a long direct message where she was saying that he came to her that night, was talking in her ear the entire night. And, you know, he was saying things and he, you know, he said things, he said something like, Anthony thinks that I'm trapped in a doll. If I were trapped in a doll, how could I be here talking to you? And she says, you know, that does make a lot of sense. And I wrote her back. I said, didn't he say to you 
to ask me to give you the doll? And she's like, yeah, I forgot about that. And I said, why would he ask me? Why would he want you to ask me to give you the doll if he could just, you know, go anywhere he pleases? Mm -hmm. And I found out, and I'll tell you later, well, you've read the book, but I'll tell you later, uh, you know, what I found out about who he is and, and who literally his master is, who he served this entire time. Anyway, again, at one point, she started writing back to me that things were happening again. She said, I'm going to church. I'm going to see a priest. This is no time, you know, not to believe in God. That was the last I ever heard from her. And that's when I began thinking, maybe there's something going on here. And another quick story, it actually prompted me to start looking for other so-called psychics. Mm -hmm. And uh, my friend Camille, who was the one who was sick, uh, that I mentioned earlier, I told her I was going to go to the store where they had psychics, you know, every day of the week. And I was just going to bring the doll unannounced and see if I could get a reading. And she said, oh, can I go? And I said, sure. Well, we decided to go the next day. And I put the doll in the back of her car. And she said, can we go do some, you know, um, th not thrift store, but flea market shopping or garage sales? She loved garage sales. So, you know, we were looking for some things, and then she opened the back of her car. She said, Anthony, look. And I said, what? She says, And I was like, are you serious? And she said, yeah. And I looked, and the doll's eyes went from a light blue to complete. Wow, black eyes. Bear with us. We're having some internet issues. Just bear with us. Bear with us. Well, we'll get him back. He'll come back. Bear with us. Just bear with us. Anyway, the story goes, the light, the, the eyes were are blue on the doll, but people have, have reported that the eyes turned black at times, that, that they've seen black eyes on this doll. So just give me a minute. We'll see if we can get him back in. I'm going to pull him out and pull him back in. Just hang on. Put him back. I'm gonna put him back in. Add the camera. Go. <sighs> Looks like we may be having internet issues. Hang on a second. We haven't had that in a while. Probably Harold. <laughs> so give me a minute. Yeah, give me a minute to get him back on. Right on my alternate internet. Let me see if I'm on my alternate internet. Looks like I'm on. So let's see. If I can switch the internet over. Hang on. I'm gonna try and switch the internet over right now to my other internet. So let me try and get in here. See if I can get him in that way. Connect. Oh, now I'm gone. But that's okay. It's because I'm switching over to the internet booster. Okay. He'll be back on. We've lost him, but he'll come back on. So just give him a second. See if he can get see if he can come back on. Anyway, um, it's a fascinating story. Yeah, I can see the internet's having issues right now. It's a fast. The, the whole thing is fascinating with this doll, and and you know to think that people have have you know have have wanted to have this thing, purchase it, and do et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know to to have these haunted things. Like he was talking about the the Dybbuk box, I and mean, we might get somebody on to talk about that later. Let me email him real quick, 
and this sucks. I mean, <laughs> it's not the first time, right, guys? Okay, hang on a second. Yeah, let's see. Lost ya. All right. Lost ya. Lost, lost ya. See if you can come back on. Don't know if his it or mine, but I see I'm having issues too. Okay. We're going to keep trying this. See if I can get him back in. Um, But it, it's fascinating. You know, it's, it's a fascinating story. And uh, right now I'm on my backup internet. And I can see that even that's having issues. So let me try and get back on my regular internet and see if. be online tonight is, is there anything on the news or anything online for this that, that i should know about this neighborhood yeah so either way it's uh it's an internet issue and this is normal for this neighborhood everybody in my neighborhood has xfinity so just bear with just bear with us everybody in this hood has has xfinity you know what i'm going to call his cell phone let's see if we continue this hang on let me call him on the cell phone i have his cell phone number so let me see if i can remember where it's at Relax for a second. We'll continue this bad boy. Yeah, because he's having trouble getting on. Let me see what I can do here. Uh, let me look at the emails. I have his cell phone. I'm going to call him. Just give me a second. And we can continue this. Just bear with us. Let's see. Uh-huh. <laughs> let me go back. Here we go. Let me get his cell phone. Let me do this. I'm going to get him on the phone. We can get around anything, you know? Let me type this in. I know he's probably wondering what the hell is going on, too. Okay. Good thing I hoard, like, emails, you know? <laughs> I don't get rid of my emails. Oh, there he is. We're back. Okay. I told you that um, ever since I've owned this doll... There's been a long history of not only myself, but people telling me that they'll look at the doll on their phone or their computer and everything will crash. And <laughs> I thought, I didn't think we were going to have that issue. That's but. okay. I kind of figured, and last night, now I don't know who came to visit me. I had a visitor last night. Uh huh. And I know because my dog was just so fixated mm. off to my left last night. And I don't know if it was one of my family members or what, but it's just odd because my family tends not to do that. Mm -hmm. So it makes me wonder if he wasn't over here checking things out, you know? Could have been. I always tell people if you know about Harold to the point you're asking questions about him yeah. to me, he knows about you. Now, I'm actually, and I'll get to this at the very end. Okay. Um, I'm I was actually hoping that, you know, this is all done. But anyway, so... Um, bottom line is Erica came back to do another reading on the doll, the uh -huh. second reading. And the first reading, you know, she said, all I'm getting is this little girl. And she was telling me about, you know, the life of the little girl and, you know, where she lives somewhere in the South, yada, yada, yada. And then she came to do a second reading. And as was typical of me, I had a crucifix being Roman Catholic. I, put a crucifix and holy water next to the doll. And she's, you know, looking at the doll and she's not touching it. And she said, I'm just still getting the same thing I got a couple of days before. 
I said, here, let me try this. And I removed the crucifix and I said, anything now? And she's like, no, wait a minute. And then she starts telling me the story about this little girl who uh, grew up on a plantation. She had a brother who was a mulatto, half black, half white. And it was, he was her older brother and they were like inseparable. They did everything together. And she fell out of a tree, cracked her head, died, and her brother was blamed for the death. And I thought, well, that's interesting, but I didn't think too much about it. And then I posted bits and pieces of that reading on YouTube. And somebody contacted me and said, next time you talk to Harold, tell him Aurelia Odell says hello. And... I asked her if she, I asked Erica, the reader, if she had a name for the little girl. She said, sounds like Annabelle, but it's longer, but it sounds like Annabelle. Wow. So when she said Aurelia Odell, I'm th immediately thinking, well, actually what I did was I wrote her, said, who are you? And, you know, how do you know about Harold? She says, oh, I've been dreaming about him since I was like four. And I asked her to tell me about the dream. And she started telling me details that Erica told me that I did not put on YouTube and how she had a mulatto brother and her mother was white and um, anyway, we kept talking. In fact, we still talk to this day and she um, told me at one point that she said, um, she actually contacted me through Skype and said, I know how I died. And I didn't put that on Facebook. And I said, how'd you die? She said, I fell out of a tree and cracked my head. And, and then um, later on, she said, um, by the way, check out the city. And then she sent me pictures. And it was a city in Louisiana. And she said, that's where I lived. And so I started researching because that's just me. I started researching the city and, you know, within a very short period of time, kind of thought, well, that's a dead end. But then um, somebody sent me a, a friend request and I saw that he lived in the same city as, you know, what she told me to check out, but in of all places, Pennsylvania. So she had drawn a picture of what her house supposedly looked like in her dream. And I contacted the guy and I said, you know, how long you lived there? He says, oh, we moved out recently. He was like a radio announcer. And I said, why'd you move? He says, well, our house was haunted. <laughs> it's like, does this house look familiar? And he wrote back, oh, my God, that's my house. <laughs> so, you know, instead of Louisiana, it, it now takes place in, you know, I mean, he lived in, in this town in um, Pennsylvania and, Quite honestly, that all tied in with the research I had done in uh -huh. that Harold's brother-in-law actually lived and worked in the town he was he had just moved out of, his brother-in-law. And anyway, so then the last thing, well, not the last thing, but the final thing that um, she called herself Fiona, or that's what she asked me to call her in the book, um, that Fiona wrote to me was, I know when I died. And I said, when? She said, 1853. 
Well, by that time, yeah, I'd been doing a lot of research. I had a lot of people helping me do research. And I was able to determine that the doll was created in the 1930s by a famous doll manufacturer who specialized in making composition dolls. And I, so I literally said to her, Fiona, how does somebody own a doll who died in 1853 when I'm pretty sure the damn thing wasn't created until the mid-1930s? She's like, I don't know, but I just know I died in 1853. Fast forward a little bit. There was a woman named Tanya um, who was also was a brilliant Internet researcher. And she used to follow up clues galore. And somehow she was able to find a house where she was having dreams about a house. And she was sure it was connected to Harold, even though she never saw him in there. And she was she had insomnia. And one night she thought, well, she used to love to watch this guy who broke into warehouses and abandoned buildings, old mansions. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, you know, film everything. So she was watching it and it was the house she was seeing in her dreams. And then she found out that the guy who built the house um, built a house for a sister like a couple of miles away. So she looked up the sister and she looked up, you know, their their graves. Mm-hmm. And there was a young lady and it said the first name and in parentheses, Aurelia Audell died in 19 or in 1853. Wow. You know, I mean, that still just blows my mind. It still literally blows my mind. So based on all that, my point is, I decided for the first time, maybe I'll bring in, you know, somebody else who has, you know, more equipment than I have, because I had quite a bit of equipment, but I, you know, just got to the point and thought, you know, this is ridiculous, all the equipment I own. And a friend of mine who was a sheriff's deputy contacted me and told me she had a couple of friends who were sheriff's deputies who started a group called Lockdown Paranormal. She was telling them about the doll and they asked for permission to come and investigate the doll. And the reason why I said yes was because they had an ovulus and I was thinking of buying an ovulus. It's like, hell, they got one. Save me the money of getting one, right? Mm -hmm. So they came over and they were doing their tests. They were doing EVPs and using the ovulus. And, you know, when we first talked, they said, we'll come in and do a preliminary investigation. And if we think it warrants it, we'll come back and do a second investigation. And I said, okay, cool. So they left. A few days later, my friend uh, called me and said that the lead investigator was in the hospital. And I said, he was in the hospital. She said, yeah, they think it had something to do with the doll. I said, well, why the hell would they think that? She says, I don't know. You have to ask them. So I finally got a hold of him a few days later. And he was telling me that while he was reviewing the um, EVP evidence, one of the questions he asked while I was there was, who are you? And then he, he says, or he, he claims, and he, it, it's the whole thing. Last I looked was on uh, Facebook under Lockdown Paranormal. He said that um, it felt like he had been hit in the back of the head in the middle of his back simultaneously with a baseball bat or two baseball bats. I mean, they both hit him at the same time. And his wife came home and found him on the floor and they called an ambulance. And uh, so 
I said, well, when do you want to do a preliminary, when do you want to do a secondary investigation? He says, Anthony, no offense, but we never want to see that damned all again. And I said, are you serious? He says, yeah, if you bring him into our town, we'll leave. We, we just don't want to see him again. Huh. So that, you know, got me started on some crazy road to wanting to determine who Harold really is. His real name is William, by the way. I'll give you that. And so one day, um, Kathy, whom I bought the doll from, called me and said, how would you like to do an interview about Harold? And I said, with who? She said, Darkness Radio. I said, I never heard of him. So she was telling me, about, I guess she was a big fan. And they were talking about haunted objects. And she called in with her story about her experiences with the doll. And, you know, they said, well, have Anthony call us. You know, we'll talk to him. And so I agreed to talk to them with Kathy on the condition that Kathy would come out with the truth about her part in the doll. Because I had learned since that um, she knew, like I knew, just reading it, she knew that well, she had known the guy who was selling it since he was a kid. And she knew that he was running a, you know, he was running a hoax on everybody. And even he couldn't believe, you know, the crazier he made the stories, right, the more people bought it. You know, so it became fun for him. So she thought, well, I'll buy the doll and I'll hold on to it for a month mm-hmm. and or two and I'll flip it and hopefully make a hundred bucks off of it. So, you know, I told her, you know, someday sooner or later, somebody's going to find out the truth other than me. And then there goes all, you know, all of our credibility. So if you'll agree to admit to that, she said she would. So she got on the air and she admitted to it. And Dave Schrader was making, you know, just having a great deal of fun at her expense, which made me laugh. So anyway, two weeks later, I get a phone call. No, actually, I got a a message, a DM saying, I've been trying to contact you. I need to talk to you ASAP from Dave Schrader. So I called him and he said that uh, he's like, you ever heard of Ghost Adventures? I said, yeah, kind of, you know, who hasn't? I'm not a big fan of the show, never have been. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I know Bagans, and he's going down to the island of the dolls, and he wanted to take Robert the doll with him. And I told him, Zach, that museum's not going to let you take him with you. Not going to let you take the doll with them, with you to Island of the Dolls. But I do know the guy who owns Harold the doll, you know, would you be, and he's like, yeah, ask him. So, you know, he asked me. And then as soon as I hung up, I made several phone calls to people who knew Bagans and company personally. And they're all assuring me that, you know, he'd take good care of the dolls. And then I talked to the boys and they're like, oh yeah, we will treat it with the utmost respect. And I said, I swear to God, if you don't, there will be hell to pay and I'm not responsible. And they're like, well, you know, what do you mean? And I told them the story that literally happened just a few nights before I talked to them. Um, A woman in Australia asked me if she could help me research the doll. Mm -hmm. And I said, sure. So I guess she was working on her computer. Her her husband came out 
and said, you know, why don't you get off the computer and come out to the garage and we will have a smoke together. So they're out there smoking, talking about the doll. And the lights in the, in the garage were pointing towards them. Okay, the other side of the garage pointing towards them. And they both saw a shadow several feet tall, you know, on the other side of the car. And she said, you see that? And her husband's like, yeah. And he pulls out his camera, tries to take a picture, and it darts over to the left to the other side of the garage. He snapped the picture and screamed. And she said, what's wrong? He says, it feels like somebody's pulling my left arm out of its socket. And I said, have you paid much attention to the doll? She's like, why? And I said, the doll's left arm is coming out of its socket. So I told the guys that, you know, and we came to an agreement. I sent them the doll overnight. And it was too late for me to go with the doll. I mean, literally, they were leaving Saturday and we were having this conversation on a Friday. Mm-hmm. So I got, went over to um, FedEx and FedExed it over to them in New York and um, or FedExed it to the producer in New York. And, you know, you saw the doll down there and where the suitcase came from that they had the doll in. I don't know. But what did make me laugh, I was watching with some of my friends. What did make me laugh was, you know, Zach's like, don't look into the doll's eyes. Because if you do, you'll develop a brain tumor. What does the camera do? Zooms in right on the doll's eyes. And I was laughing, but I was offended at the same time. All right. And I kind of skipped over this. A friend of mine in Erie, Pennsylvania, a very good friend of mine, who's going to have a Harold the Doll party tonight, you know, the show premiered. And which would have been a Friday night. And Wednesday night, around three o'clock, she said, and she was deaf in one ear. And she heard a little boy, you know, call out her name. She jumped out of bed immediately thinking he was her grandson, but her grandson didn't live with her, okay? So she went looking around for, you know, wherever this kid was, couldn't find him, went to sleep. The next night, Thursday night, she heard a woman screaming her name hysterically. Like she said, like the woman was nuts, all right? And she jumped out of bed again, went around her apartment looking for whoever was screaming and, you know, went out to the balcony, was smoking, thinking, I've got to tell Anthony, I've got to tell Anthony. So then when the boys, you know, Zach and company were, um, talking to the psychic medium in Mexico City. And she said, you know, one of the inhabitants of the doll was a woman who is insane, like an insane asylum. And that immediately reminded me of my friend, uh, Marianne. Mm -hmm. And so, but, you know, she said there, you know, like five spirits in the doll. And I was with some friends. I was like, five spirits? Hell, I've owned this damn thing for years. I only know of one, mm-hmm. okay? So, yeah, I didn't put much stock in that whole thing. And after that, I thought, well, I need to buy more equipment, and I'll start, you know, doing more investigations. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the craziest things started happening. People from around the country were calling me and telling me they watched the episode, 
and they ended up in the hospital for one reason or another. Hmm. And then a guy named Larry who lives in Baltimore, I haven't met him. We've talked several times, you know, even over the phone. And um, he was also an insomniac. And he kept thinking, he just became obsessed with the idea of helping me find out more about the doll. And his thing was, you know, I wish I have a YouTube interview or a YouTube video that he made on you on YouTube. He said, you know, I really wish I could help Anthony in some way. Mm -hmm. Anyway, he decided to go to bed and he was on one side. His three year old son at the time was in the middle and his wife was on the other side of his son. And he closed his eyes and he said there was a man who was horrifically burned just smirking at him. And he said, I will never forget the look on his face. He opened his eyes and it disappeared. He closed his eyes again. And there was a man, again, same horrific burns. But there was two, um, there was a woman and what he described as a young boy behind him. And he opened his eyes. They were gone. He closed them and they were back. So he starts praying, right? Eventually, the, the you know, visions went away. And I asked him to send me a sketch of what he saw. And he did. That, that sketch is in my book, Harold the Haunted Doll. And then he asked a friend of his who was a professional um, sketch artist for the police to sketch what he saw. And I don't know if I can find it very quickly here. Oh, there it is. This is what he saw. Wow. And... Again, to kind of jump ahead, one of the things I found out was that William, who I know now to be Harold, and through a lot of research, not only, especially not myself, because I'm just horrible on computers, but I had a friend of mine named Dawn, who's a brilliant internet researcher. She found this man and he died after his house was firebombed by the Nazis in World War II. And his wife died, I think, five days before him. It was either five days before him, five days after. And so it's like, okay, now I've got a name, right? Mm -hmm. And I, um, you know, thought, I'm, you know, one step closer. Because, you know, the big thing is like, if you know the name of the entity, you have a little more control over them. Right. Right. So the next thing that happened was um, a friend of mine in New Mexico named Melanie Blystra. Um, and I were talking, and I just got done talking to the woman in Australia whose husband felt like his arm was being ripped out of his socket. She drew a sketch of the doll, and, you know, she sent a picture of it to me on the computer. She said, do you like it? And I said, actually, it's quite good. She said, would you like to have it? And I said, sure. And then she said something like, she wanted, it was equivalent of like $100 American. And I was like, why would I pay you for the sketch when I have the doll sitting right next to me, right? So I mentioned this to Melanie. And Melanie said, you know, would you like me to make a sketch of the doll for you? I said, well, how much do you want for it this time? She said, no, I'll do it for free. And I said, sure, if you want to. She said, well, the holidays are coming up. And she's a custom card uh, maker. 
she said, so I'll be pretty busy, but as soon as, you know, I make it, I'll send it to you. Mm-hmm. So she, again, drew a sketch and she um, sent it to me and she said, you know, would you like it? And I said, yes, please. This is the sketch she drew. And she said, I'll mail it to you after the holidays. So she was putting it in a manila envelope when all of a sudden she had another vision. And let me actually go back to that picture. As you can see, there's a demon here. A little higher, a little higher, a little higher. There's a demon in the background. Mm -hmm. And this is what she saw. She saw a woman, a a boy, and another boy. Okay. Okay. And Mm -hmm. then in the back here, which, um, let's see. There we go. There we go. That's all she could draw of Harold, you know, that shadowy figure. Okay. That's as close as she could come. So... Anyway, she was putting it in the manila envelope when she had another vision. And she did a what she calls a paper piece. And this is what she saw in the paper piece. Oh, yikes. That's the demon. not good. Yeah. yeah, and at this time, I still didn't believe in demons. Okay. All right. So I had no idea what to make of it. And again, you know, the three children. Right. So around that time, I actually found a picture at a place that um, William used to live with his brother-in-law. And I found a picture of the two girls. Both of them were girls. The one that had the short hair that Mm -hmm. both she and Larry thought was a boy was actually a girl with the haircut of that day, you know, Bob or whatever it's called. Okay, that's why they both thought it was a boy. And so anyway, right after that happened, you know, I mind you my own business, quite frankly, and just chugging along, you know, wondering what the hell is going on, Mm -hmm. right? Still not sure whether to believe, even though I had all kinds of evidence coming in. For example, um, a woman contacted me. And I used to get these um, emails all the time. And it typically would start with, you're going to think I'm crazy by telling you the story. But but one, one, one um, young lady's story caught my attention. At the time, she was six year, 16 years old. And she told me she had had a dream uh, three months before. And she kept thinking about it and kept thinking, I need to contact Anthony. She had no idea who the hell Anthony was. All right. She had no idea about the doll. Okay. And, and then she said, you know, I finally, you know, I saw something about the doll and I saw your name and that's what made me think I really need to reach out to you. And one night she had a dream. She was looking in a door and there was five people, a man with a horribly burned face. Okay. And again, she didn't know anything about the damn doll at the time, Mm -hmm. a woman, a little, a little boy, and in the back were two were two male figures, a young boy around twelve, she said, and um, an older man. And she said, "I thought there was only five spirits in the doll, or four spirits in the doll. Who's the fifth one?" And 
right then the guy with the burned face got like right up in her face. And she said somebody where she saw a arm, long hairy arm with long fingernails, reach, a, reach out, grab the door and slam it in her face. And she mentioned it was a green door that was slammed in her face. And she said, who's the fifth person? And from behind the door, she heard the little boy say, his name is Anthony. And, you know, I kind of stuck with it. I was like, who's Anthony? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't pay much attention to it, to be very honest with you. And then all of a sudden it hit me. The hotel I was staying in at the time, all the doors in the hotel were painted green. Wow. And I had the doll, you know, in the bedroom of my suite, right? So shortly after that, I was contacted by somebody, a woman that in my book I call Jane. Mm -hmm. And she told me that she had an autistic son who at the time that she first contacted me was five. <clears throat> and she was looking on YouTube to try to figure out how to make little stuffed animals to sell because mm -hmm. a foundation said, if you'll put up half the money, it's like 25,000 Australian, we'll put up the other half and help get a service dog for, you know, your son, whom I call Vincent in the book. So she was, you know, trying to figure out how to sew. Um, she was a graphic artist, but she wanted to understand how to sew dolls. Mm -hmm. And I think she saw something about Annabelle because she found herself watching this thing about Annabelle. And she didn't say it was Annabelle. She didn't really know what it was, but it was a haunted doll. Mm -hmm. And then off to the side, she saw a thumbnail of Harold. And then she clicked on that. And then she said something happened. Her husband came home or somebody came to fix the dishwasher, something like that. So, you know, she paused the tablet, went, did what she had to do, went and got her son. She had two, she has two sons. And when they got home, Vincent said, can I play, play reading apples on your tablet? She said, sure. So she turned it on and Harold pops up because she paused it on this picture of Harold. And Vincent screamed. She said, first he did a double take, which he doesn't normally do. Mm -hmm. And then she, he screamed and almost passed out. And she said, you know, I said, well, I hear a lot from women whose children have crazy reactions. And a lot of them would say, and he said this later, you know, the baby wants to come out of the doll, you know, to these various women. So, you know, I said, you know, but, you know, if anything else happens, let me know. And she said, Anthony, I have to tell you something. He has no imagination at his stage of autism. He can't, you know, make things up. He can't lie. Hmm. In fact, she said that um, a few days before he was swimming and his teacher said, uh, Vincent, you're on fire. He screamed, jumped out of the pool thinking he was literally on fire. Okay. And... And she wrote me back again and she said, well, Vincent kept insisting that he wanted to see the video. And it was, you know, the video of the woman in the UK made. Mm -hmm. And he kept talking about, you know, the lady wants me to help, wants the children to come out. The children want to come out to the light and the lady needs me to help. So, yeah, I didn't know what to think. 
Mm-hmm. And from that moment on, it just went into a downhill spiral. I mean, literally almost something out of the exorcist. He started cursing at her, started calling her, you know, all kinds of names like bitch and the C word. And then he would, you know, become quiet, close his eyes. Then a moment later, open his eyes and ask for pudding or something like that. She'd say, are you still upset? He's like, he would say, I'm not upset. He would literally have no recollection of what just happened. Um, One night she tried to check on him and she had a safety gate in the doorway of his bedroom and she tried to unlatch it so she could go in and just make sure he's okay. Mm -hmm. And she said that the safety gate wouldn't open and she kept struggling with it. You know, it was almost thinking of ripping it out when she said she felt a slight breeze go by her and all of a sudden the gate opened. So she went in and knelt down to check on him and, he turned and looked at her and she said in a face or in a voice that wasn't his own. It sounded strangely grown up. He looked at her and said, be careful. And, um, you know, just things like, um, he told her that, um, a nice lady would sing lullabies to him every night to help him go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And, she asked him, you know, what's her name? And he said, Charlotte, but she likes me to call her Lottie. Well, William's wife, who died along with him, her name was Charlotte. But in newspaper articles I'd find where, you know, it had mentioned her, it would say Charlotte in parentheses, it would say Lottie. Huh. So, you know, it just got, it just got to be worse and worse and worse. Um, I mean, at one point, again, I mentioned that um, I'm Roman Catholic, and I have been literally from New Hampshire to San Diego, California, and all points in between, <laughs> talking to priests, trying to get help from a Catholic priest. I met with I was met with a lot of skepticism. Then I pull out all my evidence. And you could literally see the skepticism turn to fear while I'm telling them the story. And um, at one point I was in Massachusetts and the guy's like, well, I'm going to talk to people who are more familiar with this sort of thing than I am. But, you know, rest assured, we'll pray for you and, you know, we'll say masses for you. And my friend who was with me at the time said, well, can you leave the doll here while he goes and does his research? And the guy literally went, no. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I, had, I went to Australia twice because um, there was a big connection between William and Australia because of what he used to do for a living. And, um, you know, just um, eventually just got to the point where I asked um, um, Jane, who isn't, I wouldn't even call her nominally Christian. Not that there's anything wrong with that. She's like a nun. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. And I always joke that if I were to put a hundred dollar Australian bill into the um, Bible with a note that says, call me as soon as you find this, it'd still be sitting in there all these years later. 
All right. So, you know, but she was willing to listen to what I was saying because a lot of things I was telling her, you know, she found to make sense. Mm -hmm. And one night or one day I said, you know, go um, get a St. Michael the Archangel medallion and a St. Benedict, Benedict's crucifix and some salt. Take it all to your local Catholic church and have the priest bless it all. And let me know when you do that. So she, you know, let me know. And I said, okay, take the salt and put it into a bowl. And because now it's, quote, holy salt. Put it into a bowl and put the bowl under uh, Vincent's bed. Don't tell him about it. And um, he came to her, you know, later on that night and said, Mommy, I don't like that bowl of salt under my bed. She's <laughs> just like, how do you think he knows? She's like, I don't know. Right? So she took it out. And then another time I said, um, just take the, you know, St. Michael the Archangel medallion, hold it in your palm, and just give him a hug. And she said, well, he doesn't like being hugged. I said, well, hug him for as long as you can. So she did. And I said, any reaction? She, she said, no. And I said, okay. You know, put a string around it and then put it around his neck. And so she was running a bath for him. And she took it and said, here, I just want you to wear this. And he grabbed, he looked down, grabbed the medallion, and then submerged himself under the water to the point she thought, if he doesn't breathe, he's going to die. Mm -hmm. So she came and, you know, um, I am me, which is how we communicated primarily. And I said, well, go back and check on him. And then she went back to check on him and the medallion was gone. And she said, you know, Vincent, where's the medallion? He said, I don't know. And they never, they eventually moved out of there because her husband, who was not just skeptical, but literally cynical in the beginning, right now, there's no such thing, you know, as ghosts and stuff like that. He literally, when it was all said and done, came home and told his wife that he put the house up for sale. So they cleaned out the entire house and never found that medallion. Wow. So um, after that, I said to her, you know, take the holy water and just go around the house and just, you know, bless the house, bless the walls, say whatever prayer you want to say, just bless mm -hmm. the walls. So she came back. She said, okay, I'm, I did it. And I said, did you notice anything unusual while you were doing that? She said, no. And then she said, well, Vincent's room was colder than the rest of the house. And I said, I'm going to tell you to do something. And I want you to do it, you know, straight away. Don't wait. Mm -hmm. Just do it straight away. Contact um, the priest that you talk to. And... Tell him that, you know, you need your house to be blessed. So she contacted me and said, well, I don't do that sort of thing. I do have somebody who does do that. So he called her and said, I'll be out the next day. So he came out, you know, the following day, which was on a Saturday, went around mm -hmm. and blessed the house, blessed their car. <laughs> and she was just like, do they do that all the time? So he was probably, you know, not taking any chances. Mm -hmm. So anyway... While they were doing that, I was ritually sealing Harold 
the actual doll inside the bag that I have them into, you know, to this day. And she said the house felt a lot better, mm-hmm. you know, and thanked me. And I said, well, hopefully, you know, you won't ever have to, you know, hear from me again, or, you know, you never have any need to contact me. So I figured, you know, my job was done. Two weeks later, she sent me a video of Vincent running around the house, screaming at the top of his lungs, holding his little um, PlayStation control, running around screaming, not again, not again, please stop, not again. I mean, it broke my heart to see it. His father was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? He, you know, he just, he just kept running around to himself on the bed or on the couch and was just sobbing. And then he drew a picture for his mother later on that showed this blob-like creature hanging, you know, out in his room. And I mean, he used to draw all kinds of pictures. One picture I did mention, but it is in my book. He, um, they were all sleeping in the living room. Um, Jane, her husband, Vincent, and his young younger brother. They're all sleeping in the living room for safety. And the next morning, um, he was hiding under his desk at school. And the teacher's knowing he's autistic, knew to leave him alone. And one of the teachers said to him, are you okay? And he held out a picture. I have a picture in my book. He held out this um, picture, and she said, what's that? And he said, this is what doesn't want me to sleep in my room. And, oh, he kept talking about seeing this sort of thing. So he drew that, okay? And keep in mind, he was only seven years old at the time. But the picture he drew was, you know, incredibly... It looked like a lion or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's something I forgot about. She was dropping, um, Jane was dropping Vincent off at school, and she was talking to another parent who was saying, you know, your son's quite remarkable. And apparently, Vincent to this day, if he looked at you, he wouldn't see you. He would see your aura. And he would know if he liked you or not based on your aura. And to this day, he knows if I'm okay or not, because in Australia, he can literally see my aura and what's going on. Nice. And this woman said, well, let's see what, you know, um, here's a Facebook app, has a say. And um, so she pulled up the app, or she, you know, put Vincent's name in the app, and this is what came up. As you can see, it says Anthony, family, free, must, and dog. And at that point, he was seeing dogs and complaining about dogs. And then, oh, if I don't find it here in a moment, I probably should have marked him. He drew a picture of what looked like a ferocious, I don't know how to describe it, but, you know, had fangs in the whole nine yards. He said, this is what won't let me sleep in my room. And after he was running around, you know, screaming, not again, please stop. He was drawing these black blobs, and I have pictures of that here too, with red eyes. Okay, and he eventually started calling it the black ball, the black blob. So I told 
uh, Jane, you need to call, you know, your priest's friend again. The guy came out and did the blessing two weeks before. And I said, you need to use these exact words. Don't deviate from them. Tell him, I believe that Vincent is being diabolically oppressed. So the man said, okay, I'll be out tomorrow. He came out the next day. And I remember I, it was going to be like 2 o'clock their time, 9 o'clock my time in Denver. Mm -hmm. And I had bought a St. Michael the Archangel statue, rather big and heavy. And I had it in front of the um, doll, which had been sealed, hadn't opened it. And I was making a video to say, you know, a priest was coming out to the house again to bless the house. And he should be out there in like 10 minutes or whatever. And I kept, you know, doing a video, I kept thinking something's not right here. So, and I thought, oh, I know what it is. The statue. I need to move the statue because I never introduced the statue before. I'll introduce it in the middle of the, of the um, video. Mm -hmm. So I put the statue literally in the middle of my bed, which was a king-sized bed. And... And I was talking about how this priest was coming out in about 10 minutes. All of a sudden, I heard a noise. And if you see the video, if you've ever seen the video, you'll see I look over. And on the outside, I look calm because there was a guy who used to do, you know, these paranormal videos. Uh -huh. Dropping F-bombs, you know, just all over the place. And I kept thinking, you know, you're really boring me with all the F-bombs. So even though I wasn't saying F-bombs, in my mind, I was like, what the fuck just happened? Because the statue, which I had sitting on its base in the middle of my king-sized bed in my hotel room, was now upside down between the bed and the nightstand with such force it broke one of the wings off. Wow. And I was just like, holy shit. Well... The priest went in. There were actually two priests. And she said one seemed to be a psychiatrist or a psychologist. It seemed to be the other guy's um, superior because he's the one who was asking all the questions. They interviewed Jane, her husband, and they interviewed Vincent. And they were asking him all kinds of questions. And she said, I was really quite surprised at his answers because he had only gone to some kind of religious ed class, you know, a year or two before. She said, he seemed to know quite a bit, which surprised me. And then they, you know, then they said, okay, well, we're going to go out, you know, get our things in the car. They came back mm -hmm. with candles, a crucifix, holy water, some laminated um, pages, and they handed it to them. And they said, you know, you'll read the italicized parts. That'll be your response. And they, you know, just kept going back and forth. Right. And then they went throughout. Then at the end, they took Vincent into a bedroom and then they talked to him and then they came out and, you know, told her, um, you really need to stop talking to Anthony because he has that doll. Right. Mm -hmm. And so she literally didn't talk to me for a couple of three days afterwards. And I was anxious to hear what happened. And I said, you know, is, is Vincent okay? And she said, oh, yeah. And I said, what's he doing? He's outside playing with the neighbors. And I said, is that something he usually does? And she said, no, it's the first time he's ever done it. Oh. And 
since then, he's actually gotten good citizenship awards. And, you know, one kid injured himself on the playground and Vincent was there to help him until a teacher came. All kinds of things that he'd never done before. Right. So I, I you know, felt relieved. And I end my book because she said, I have something I need to tell you. And I said, what's that? And she said, Vincent just came to me and said that because of the two superhero old dudes, old dudes, old dudes. <laughs> the black thing can't hurt me anymore, but he wants to hurt Uncle Ant. And that's where I left it. And to be honest with you, I've gone back and forth as to whether I'm going to write a second book. Uh-huh. Because then it started coming after me. And things really got got crazy. And but I'm so private, you know. I'll give you an example. Okay. I was in Massachusetts, in Gardner, Massachusetts, and I bought a book by Mother Teresa. I don't remember the name of the book, but um, I'm a big book reader. And I guess as is common to a lot of people who read books, you know, I had books in my bathroom. So I had this book sitting on top of the back of the toilet. And I was reading a book about Mother Teresa. And I got up, put the book about Mother Teresa on top of this book on, on the toilet, when was washing my hands when I heard a sound. And I turned around and the book about Mother Teresa had flown off the book about Harold the Doll and landed on the other side of the of the bathroom. Wow. And <laughs> you know. Then another time, um, I went to a metaphysical bookstore where a woman was talking about demons and demonology and invited me, you know, to come and attend. She was mm-hmm. charging, I can't remember how much it was, I think $20 or something like that. But she said, you know, you can come for free. And I said, okay, I'll leave the doll at home. She's like, no, bring the doll. You know, I'm sure they'd like to see it. So I brought the doll. And, you know, I opened all and um, I could literally see his little energy going from person to person to person to person, just staring at them. And everybody, I was like looking, you know, seeing that they would stare at me like, oh, my God, he's standing in front of me and, and staring at me. And they all complained about having headaches at the end of it. But one guy who was there. Um, did an automatic writing session. He just, you know, it's completely involuntary, involuntary on uh, as far as he claims. Mm-hmm. He didn't even realize he was doing it until he got done. And, um, you know, it was just somebody who was claiming to be a demon. And, he, you know, I said to him, I'm still trying to figure out what's going on. And he told me to be careful. He said, because Anthony, this thing has had all of eternity to figure out what he's going to do with you. And you've just had it for a few years. And um, sure as shit. I mean, another guy while I was in, in Massachusetts offered to cleanse the doll long distance. And he said, you know, one of my assistants, he went and checked him out. And it's like, it's no big deal. You know what I mean? He, he'll he be easy to deal with. And as I'm talking to the woman who was like the go-between between this so-called exorcist and me, mm-hmm. as I was talking to her, 
I heard a voice in my head say, you know, tell him to leave me alone or I will kill him. Well, I decided not to say anything. So we're talking and all of a sudden my stomach felt like it was being clawed apart. And I said, I've got to go. And she's like, okay. And I said, I'll talk to you later. And um, I went and did my business on the bathroom, got up. And I just remember thinking I was laying on a pillow. And when I finally came to, I don't know how long later, I was literally laying draped over the tub. And I had three cracked ribs. And he was just like, you know, if you're not going to tell him, you know, you'll, you'll be the one to pay the price sort of thing. So, you know, it's just crazy things like that. I eventually did get a right of minor exorcism from a Catholic priest in Melbourne, Australia. Mm -hmm. And I told him the entire story. And um, he said, Anthony, I, you know, had a few dealings with the paranormal before, but your story absolutely terrifies me. <laughs> it terrifies you. <laughs> I'm living with this damn thing. And uh, so he did the rite of minor exorcism and just all kinds of crazy things started happening. My eyes, I mean, I was literally seeing people walking around who weren't there. I saw skeletons walking around, you know, and just, I would look at a sign and mm -hmm. a sign would like disappear in front of my eyes. And, you know, it became really dangerous to drive after that. Another time while I was in, in uh, Melbourne, I was talking to this guy and I remember thinking I was taking their trash out, putting it in the trash. And I thought, I really need to call Father John and thank him, you know, for taking the time out to help me. And all of a sudden my head started to spin I was talking to my friend's father, and next thing I knew, I literally woke up with my face in the trash can, their wastebasket. I mean, he said, we were talking, all of a sudden my eyes rolled up into my head, and it fell forward. It was just like, and yeah, I knew uh -huh. what was going on. Yeah, I knew what was going on. My friend, um, she had watched several videos that I'd done and she saw people who were saying how, well, she, you know, heard me saying that I wouldn't allow people to look at the doll after a while because they would become so infatuated with it. I mean, I would literally worry that they were going to try to steal it from me. Mm -hmm. And she said, she saw it and thought, Oh, bullshit. You know, well, I showed her the doll in Melbourne and I told her I wasn't going to show it to her. And she kept saying, please, you know, I'll be all right. Let me see it. So I opened the, I opened the bag and, you know, opened it up for her to see. I started to walk away. And she went, oh, fuck no. And I turned around. I said, what? She said, the damn thing wanted me to pick it up and cuddle it. And I swear to God, Charlotte, she fell in love with the damn thing to the point where when I was leaving to come back to the U.S., Mm -hmm. I said, you want me to leave the doll with you? And she said, my father would, wouldn't like that idea because her father was, you know, afraid. But mm -hmm. she literally fell in love with that freaking doll. You know, I kept referring to it as her boyfriend. 
I mean, it's just a strange, strange thing that, you know, it has over people. What a fascinating story. And you realize we've been on an hour and a half (laughs) talking about this stuff. This has been so fascinating. And I still have stories that keep popping into my head. Like, we you know, would love to have you on again to talk more about him. Thank you. That's I'd be happy to. Okay, great. But I want to thank you so much for coming on. Your book no, is great for you. It was a pleasure. The book is absolutely fascinating. You cannot thank put you. it down once you start reading it. You know, and uh, like I said, I've been wanting to get to, 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 to get this on for a long time because it's a fascinating yeah. story. It's a scary story. I know I had people in the chat room going, are we safe even watching this? <laughs> you are. And I'll tell you why. And I'm glad you brought that up because okay. it's how I kind of wanted to end it. Okay. On August 17th of last year, I went to Santa Fe, New Mexico. Okay. And I'd been having a lot of issues at that time. I mean, just a horrendous amount of issues. And I'll explain more in detail at another time, but there was a priest who said, you know, has this been going on with you? Has this been going on? And it was like, check, 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 right? Lost opportunities, people who were good friends and all of a sudden, you know, didn't want to have anything to do with you. And it was just like, yeah. And he goes, Anthony, you're being diabolically oppressed, which is what I told Jane, her son was going through. And I mean, Anyway, at one point, you know, I thought, you know, I'm sick and tired of this. And my friend Melanie, who sent me the two pictures, uh, said that she was driving home that day and she had another vision. Mm -hmm. And I asked her, you know, to draw it and send it to me. And it was, again, the demon. And it was was me. You couldn't really tell it was me because she's not an artist as such. Mm And he's holding a doll. And then there is Harold, you know, in front of all three of us. And then the demons wrapped around us. And bottom line is to make a real long story quick. I knew that um, I had to go to New Mexico because at one point while I was there, um, I asked Vincent, I'm in New Mexico. You know, why? And Vincent would know all this stuff. I mean, I there are all kinds of things I haven't told you that he would know. Like one time when I was in uh, Massachusetts, it was, you know, winter was coming. So I got a space heater and turned it on. And I swear to God, not 60 seconds later, I get a message from his mother saying that Vincent was concerned about the fire I just started. And it was just like... Holy crap. <laughs> anyway, so, you know, I never turned it on again because I thought, you know, I'm in this old building, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, anyway, Vincent sent a pile of rocks and said, you don't leave until you find these. And I researched them, and they were markers that were all over New Mexico. They used them to find their way to and from places, all right? And I'm like, oh, my God. And at the archdiocese, they had a pile of rocks. And I took a picture, and he's like, no, that's not it. Well, Melanie went to Santa Fe to San Miguel Mission, St. Michael's Mission. 
and she saw a pile of rocks that were part of the foundation. She took a picture. I sent it to Vincent or sent it to Vincent's mom who showed it to him. And Vincent said, he found it. Then that's it. Mm-hmm. Well, at this point, I, had, well, I was living in um, California when I, you know, literally had, a, had it up to my eyeballs with everything that was going on. And I knew who was behind it, Abaddon, who actually is the owner of the doll, the way, you know, a little girl would own a Barbie kind of thing. And Vincent and um, William served him. And it, it's another story altogether. But um, all of a sudden, I knew I had to go to Santa Fe to go to this church. Okay. And um, I rented a car, drove whatever it was, 12 hours, 14 hours to Santa Fe and got there. And I was expecting, you know, someplace with like models of angels, you know, blowing harps or blowing, strumming harps and blowing trumpets, that's where. No, it was literally right next to a pizza place. I drove by it like three or four times trying to find this thing. It's the oldest Catholic mission, Catholic church in the entire Northern Hemisphere, and it's next to a pizza shop, for God's sake. (laughs) So I go in there, and there's a bell, and I, you know, notice the bell, and the bell had, you know, all kinds of crucifixes, rosaries, little, you know, religious medallions and all that other good stuff. And I went and I put the doll in front of the church and start taking pictures. And then, you know, kind of sat down and was like, okay, now that I'm here, what do I do now? And I got up to start to tour the rest of the, this little tiny church. And I heard somebody striking the bell. And that moment, I knew what I was supposed to do. So I took the doll put it in front of the bell, struck it three times, said a quick prayer, took the picture that, that Melanie had sent me, the paper piece, put that in front of the, in front of the bell, struck it three times, <clears throat> said a prayer. And ever since then, nobody's ever complained cool. about being affected. There you guys go. You're all set. Yeah. Thank no. you for bringing it up because it was a concern. For a long time, I wouldn't do an interview. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I would hear literally, I mean, last two people I heard from were listening to a podcast and, you know, wrote to tell me and the stories from people who are genuinely affected. Some people, you know, call would write to me and try to bullshit me. Mm-hmm. But genuine stories, I could tell there was a theme that ran through and there's a reason why. Mm-hmm. And they both complained of the same thing. One was in India and the other woman was in Iceland. Mm-hmm after listening to that podcast. And so I quit doing interviews after that. And actually I pretty much stopped doing an interview after, and I'll end it with this. I was talking to a couple who were doing a podcast and I said what I have always said, don't believe me. You know, I'm skeptical myself. Somebody tells me a story and I'm always looking for the logical before, you know, looking at the paranormal. Okay. Uh It's just my bent after doing this for so many years. But, you know, don't believe me, but look at the stories that everybody else, you know. And I said to them, 
I, I, I'll see if I can get, you know, the people on, you know, to talk to you and they'll share their stories with you. One of them was Larry. Another one was Melanie. Another one was a guy named Simon who lives in the UK on the original cell of the doll. They all agreed to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. But then all of a sudden I started getting, you know, they all started calling me individually and saying, Anthony, something weird's going on. It's like, I can't do this. Um, you know, the couple who originally did it, they said that their three-year-old daughter all of a sudden started complaining about seeing a ghost in her bedroom. Hmm. And, you know, Simon's kids started complaining about seeing ghosts in their home and, and Melanie's house kind of went crazy. So it's like, okay, no more interviews. <laughs> so the only reason I agreed to do this with you is because you said you did read the book. Yes. Which makes for a much more interesting interview, in my yes. opinion. Yes. And, um, you know, like I said, I really am not worried about anybody being affected. Before, when people would ask, I'd say, no, it's just too dangerous. Yeah. It's when the doll's not sitting in a museum. Yeah. Zach Bagans offered to buy the doll for me three different times. And I kept saying, Zach, you know from personal experience there's dolls for real. Why and how would you want to expose it to anybody else? Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Zach being Zach. <laughs> it was supposed to be on that show about his haunted museum with the doll. Yeah. After I told him no the third time, they brought Jane Harris, Janie Harris with um, Peggy the doll. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's gonna... all right. I would love to get you on to talk more about this because I know you have more stories to tell. I so do. Let's set something up for another day, okay? You bet. It's a pleasure and a great deal of fun chatting with you, Charlotte. It was, Thank and I really, I really appreciate it. How can people find you, sir? Well, the easiest way, I mean, I have like all kinds of things. I do have a new TikTok channel about Harold at all, where I kind of go over some of the things in a little bit more detail that, you know, we're in the book. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually thinking of doing like a part two, because that's what everybody says. Is there a part two? And I'm just like so private, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So you can find me on TikTok. Um, I have a website, but that's, you know, I don't even pay attention to that anymore. Or you can reach me the way you reached me, and that's through anthony.quinata, Q-U-I-N-A-T-A, at hotmail.com. That's probably the best way to do it because you have know, all the emails I've got that has the fewest number of unread emails. So anytime somebody reaches me that way, it's like, wow, how'd they find me kind of thing? And I immediately look. All right. And of course yes. on Facebook. Okay. Well, again, thank you so much, sir. I really appreciate it. And let's get back together on this and set something else up too, okay? Okay. Awesome. Okay. I've right, got a lot right. of stories. That will curl your toes. <laughs> Forward to them. All right, sir. Thank you. Have a great evening, okay? Thank you. You too. God bless. God bless you. Bye-bye. Okay, guys. That was a very interesting evening. Wow. See, that tells you. Don't buy things on eBay. I'm always telling you know the people I know that buy things on, you know, buy, buy old things and stuff on eBay. Mm-mm. Bad news. Bad news. Tomorrow, Nancy Mass is going to be back here. And it's our usual Fridays with Nancy. And we are going to be talking about what happens during the death process and what, and what you know, what happens after you, right after you pass. 
So we're going to be looking at that tomorrow with Nancy. And remember Saturday, Saturday is the special reading event with Nancy. That's over at California. That's over at uh, <laughs> California haunts ghostly events through me for a second. And uh, that's 1099 each for five minute reading. And she will be doing that and we'll be there Saturday. That's a Facebook live thing. And it's a private reading. There's six spots left. So if you want to get on that bandwagon, please do. And uh, it's going to be a nice evening. You know, everybody's going to get their son. And, and, and she may even go longer on those readings. We've, we've been kind of discussing that as well. So uh, it's, it's a good event to look forward to. I want to thank all of you for coming. Everybody that watched on YouTube, TikTok, uh, you know, Instagram, Facebook, uh, all those places. You know, please either subscribe or follow because we have really good guests like this. And um, I want to get Anthony back on to talk more about his personal story. Okay. So this isn't the last we've seen of Anthony, I don't think. Okay. Um, again, you want to subscribe to, via YouTube. There's that little ghost guy down there in the corner. And he's got a magnifying glass, the Sherlock Holmes hat. That's the one. Push that button and you will become a subscriber and get updates on all of our shows. And the same goes for Facebook. Uh, I do updates regularly over there and uh, meet up and all those places any place you can think of and if you're listening to the podcast check us out you know we're over at apple we're over at spotify you name it we're, we're on it so uh you can go to iHeartRadio. like i said you'll find us everywhere uh if you like the show share it with five people if you hated the show share it with five people where we are equal opportunity here at california haunts radio uh visit also visit us at californiahauntsradio.com everything is there all of our archives and if you have trouble finding our youtube page that's the easiest way to do it is to go over there click on the video on the front page and it'll take you over to our youtube page all right uh that ticker down at the bottom well what that means is that the california haunts paranormal investigation team does not take any money to do investigations we work solely on donations so all the equipment that we have for the team and all the everything you see me broadcasting on here whether it's my laptop uh you know the mic the headphones, whatever, uh, that all comes out of my pocket. And I could use a little help sometimes to pay the bills, including with the internet to keep this thing supported and, and you know, the, the, the podcast services and all that. So if you could find it in your heart to help me out a little bit, that would be great. You can do that at paypal.me at California Haunts. Or if you're uncomfortable with PayPal, you can do that at Venmo and just type in California Haunts. Again, I want to thank everybody for coming tonight. It was a long, it, it, it was a long interview, but it was a it was a very fruitful interview. I, I learned a lot. The stories were absolutely fascinating. Let's make sure I got the right one here. I'm going to push the button. I think it's that one. <laughs> I got so many buttons to push. But I'm going to leave you with his contact information. And he has written four books. One of them is on Harold. So if you're interested in that, I'll tell you where to get the books and uh, all that stuff. So I'm going to go ahead and run that because I'm going to bail out of here because I have to get the RSS feed for this up tonight. And I also have to get a feed up for TikTok because we're over at TikTok. California Haunts, look us up on TikTok. All right, here we go. Hopefully I hit the right button. Yes, websites. HaroldTheHauntedDoll.com. And you can find Anthony on Facebook as well. There's the book, Harold the Haunted Doll. Until We Meet Again is, is another book that he wrote. He is a medium, by the way.
We are never alone and communications from the other side. And you can either get those books directly from his website or you can get them at Amazon.com. Okay. Well, thanks a lot for coming tonight. And I will see you guys tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Have a nice night.